Hello and welcome back to another episode of Locked on Spartans. It is Tuesday, May 7th, 2019. I'm your host, Will Hunter. Thanks so much for joining me for today's episode. Uh, Real quick, my apologies for the slight delay in today's episode. As longtime listeners of the show know, sometimes this happens. Sometimes things come up. I'm not able to get to uh, the actual recording of the episode the night before and get it scheduled to post and all that, so it has to happen early uh, in the morning, the day of the show, and that is the case uh, for today's show. So apologies for that. Uh, you know, doesn't happen often, may happen a little bit more often here during the, uh, the off season when things aren't quite as pressing and uh, topical. There's not you know, news, breaking news to react to or anything like that. It's more off-season time filler, uh, give you guys something to listen to, give me something to talk about type stuff. So, uh, and that's actually what we are going to do today. Uh, we don't have any news really, I've, you know, been scouring the internet trying to see, uh, is anybody impressing at rookie minicamp? Has anybody gotten cut? Is anything interesting going on? with recruiting or anything like that, and there's just not a lot going on today. So today will be uh, day two of our position-by-position position breakdown of the Michigan State football team as uh, you know, as spring ball wrapped up a couple of weeks ago and we move into the summer here. I just go through the, all the positions and let you know uh, how I think that position group stacks up, where they stand, uh, what they need to get better at, things like that. So today we're going to do wide receivers. Uh, it'll be the whole show, segments one, two, and three. Um, you know, I'm going to make a better effort at this uh, now that it's summer here uh, and there's just less content like we've talked about uh, to sort of keep shows tight and things like that, not run way too long and keep you uh, guys under a half an hour with these episodes. So I'm going to try to do that. Uh, today with the wide receiver. So we'll see how it goes. Probably won't go well. Reminder, rate, review, subscribe to the show. Uh, Subscribing is the easiest way to get these episodes on your phone every single day. And we're having a mailbag episode coming up here either at the end of this week or next week. Uh, Send in your questions, lockedonspartans at gmail.com. You can tweet at me at will underscore underscore hunter one l two underscores or at on spartans on Twitter. Those are three ways to uh, send in questions for a mailbag episode. So please do that. Uh, If you guys don't send in questions, we can't do an episode. And I know there are a bunch of you that are listening right now. uh, And if just like 1% of you guys listening right now would send in a question, it would be uh, more than enough for a mailbag episode. So go on and do that if you've got a minute or if you've got something you want to ask. It doesn't have to be Michigan State related. You can ask about whatever you want. Uh, I do not care. Um, but yeah, send those questions in for sure. All right, let's let's uh, let's talk about these receivers. Okay, so Michigan State uh, is actually kind of, I think, in a similar position to where they were this time last year. Uh, if you would have asked me, uh, and I think I may have said this on uh, the other podcasts I do, the three gas bags, uh, maybe it was more towards uh, the start of football season when I said this, but somewhere out there on the internet uh, is a recording of me saying that Michigan State, excuse me, uh, has the best wide receiver class in the conference in one of the top three or four receiver uh, groups uh, in the entire nation. And 
Uh, I'm maybe they're not quite at that level this year. And I, for the record, I know that didn't pan out. Um, but I still would go to bat for that logic at the beginning of the season uh, last year. And we'll talk, you know, about some of those reasons today uh, because, you know, some's changed, but not a ton. Um, but yeah, I, I still think, and especially given the departures at Ohio State, we'll see what Michigan's receivers uh, look like in terms of health. There's some big question marks there uh, in Ann Arbor, but uh, you could make the argument for Michigan State having the best group of receivers in the Big Ten again, which... Um, you know, there's always been a guy, uh, receiving in terms of, you know, go-to receivers, whether it's Tony, the Tony Lippett season or the Benny Fowler season or the Aaron Burbridge season, like it just sort of kept playing out that way. Um, but this group is really good and really deep. Uh, and it's really, uh, an interesting group. Uh, first off, major departures. Um, there's only one, we know it. Uh, it's Felton Davis, uh, you know, tore his Achilles against Michigan and is off to the NFL with the Kansas City Chiefs, hoping to heal up, get healthy, and start a productive pro career. Uh, finished the season last year with 31 catches, 474 receiving yards for 15 yards a catch and four touchdowns. Uh, had an additional touchdown on that. Uh, it was like an end around, I think, against Northwestern. So, uh, you know, losing Felton is certainly a sizable loss, but I guess if you want to uh, consider a silver lining for his injury, uh, obviously not for him, but for the team, the, the silver lining for that injury, and really the silver linings uh, for all of the injuries last year, because Cody White breaks his hand, uh, Daryl Stewart gets banged up, Jalen Naylor gets banged up, um, Cam Chambers gets hurt as well. Uh, pretty much everyone on the receiving depth chart gets some sort of injury. If you want to look at a silver lining for that, it's that every single person down the depth chart was exposed to game action that they perhaps wouldn't have been if those injuries didn't happen. And that should pay dividends uh, this year and in the future because those guys are now going to be counted upon more and they've got more experience than they would have. Um, so, you know, Daryl Stewart, uh, spent time as the number one receiver, and that's, you know, I think going to help him this year. Cody White, uh, same type of thing. And really, if you want to call them 1A one, one and 1B, whatever, however you want to differentiate between Daryl Stewart and Cody White there at the top, you know, that's that's good for them. That's important for them. Even a guy like uh, Brandon Sowards got more time than he probably thought he would get his entire career. Uh, and that just, you know, Luis Nelson, that, that stuff just... Uh, it shores up the, the, the back end of the group. It shores up the depth. Uh, and maybe that doesn't impact the season a ton this year. Um, you know, we'll see with a guy like Cam Chambers and stuff like that. But it just, it helps. It can't hurt you when guys down your depth chart uh, are building experience, getting catches, and playing in games like that. Yeah, it, it's, it was terrible last season. And it was really awful to, to watch and really had a huge negative impact on the team's ability to throw the ball and catch the ball for uh, positive air yards in the game of football. But I think it will pay dividends uh, this year. So that's the main departure, Felton Davis. And, you know, the team is already sort of <laughs> used to uh, playing football without him on the field there. And I think that really actually... Um, it's the first thing I want to talk about here real quick is what I like about this group, why I think they're one of the uh, better groups in the conference, why they have the potential to be the best group in the conference. It's that 
depth, uh, and not just depth, but like depth of talent. Uh, it's like a combination of depth of talent, uh, experience, and versatility, unique skill sets. Um, it's going to be tough to find, you know, a, a trio like Daryl Stewart, Cody White, and Larice or not Larice Nelson, sorry, Speedy Naylor, um, that offers you like that different combination of like an X receiver, a Y receiver, a Z receiver, uh, you know, a speed slot underneath guy, an explosive playmaker in space, and Naylor, an all around. Uh, you know, solid receiver, guy who can go down the field, make big plays, uh, win contested catches, great hands, uh, super savvy, solid route runner in Cody White. And then Daryl Stewart, who's a guy who he's actually working on, and I think he's getting better at downfield stuff, but can work underneath, goes over the middle, is a really tough receiver with good hands, good speed, uh, and just, you know, likes to muck it up a little bit uh, in terms of being like a tough receiver and, and kind of an, uh, also an all-around guy. But it's a really diverse skill set uh, between those guys, and they, they complement each other really well. Uh, and that's something that I think is important to have a good, to having a good receiver group. You can have all the talent in the world, but if you just got, you know, big, fast guys who could run down the field, uh, nobody who can work underneath, nobody who works the middle of the field well and things like that. It's going to be hard to have a diverse passing attack with your receivers, and that's not going to be an issue for this Michigan State team. And even behind those guys, uh, there's solid depth that are uh, solid depth, depth players that are sort of interesting and comparable to the guys above them. Uh, we've seen some of that shiftiness and speed from Nelson that Naylor brings a little bit. Uh, maybe Nelson's in between a Naylor and a Stewart-type player. Cam Chambers, uh, we saw some flashes of downfield stuff that Cody White uh, can do. Um, you know, Brandon Sowards can also work underneath uh, Weston Bridges, or not Weston Bridges, excuse me. Uh, Andre Welch uh, is a guy in practice. Sometimes, like, I'm just looking at a list here with stats and things like that. Um Andre Welch is a guy that we haven't seen much of in game action, played a little bit, didn't record a catch last year, uh, but is someone who's been sort of picked out in spring ball as a, you know, he's small, he's 5'9", he's an undersized guy, but he's quick, he's shifty, he can work underneath. So there is good depth uh, behind the top group. Uh, so, and they sort of, like I said, CJ Hayes is another one uh, who's getting some of that. Um it's a it's a group with depth and it's a group with experience and talent and versatility, but there's also that depth uh, complements the guys above them. There's someone who could sort of fill in, and part of that again is you know just because they were so ravaged by injuries last year, receivers six, seven, and eight on the depth chart were playing meaningful snaps, and so uh, yeah, I just think it's a really solid uh, group. All right, let's break right there. We'll get back into these receivers uh, on a more individual basis. We'll talk about the top guys and some of the depth guys a little bit, but more into the top guys. Here, when we come back after this quick commercial break, you can get Locked On Spartans on the brand new podcasting app Himalaya, as well as Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify. And when you get in your car, tell your smart device to play podcast Locked On Spartans. And guys, today's episode of Locked On Spartans is brought to you in part by Zip Recruiter. Hiring used to be hard with multiple job sites, stacks of resumes, and a confusing review process. But today, hiring can be easy, and you only have to go to one place to get it done, ziprecruiter.com slash lockdown. 
ZipRecruiter sends your job to over 100 of the web's leading job boards, but they don't stop there. Of course they don't stop there. If they stopped there, I wouldn't be talking about ZipRecruiter right now. With their powerful matching technology, ZipRecruiter scans thousands, yes, thousands of resumes, not just a thousand, thousands. Imagine you're sitting there hiring somebody and you've got 7,000 resumes stacked up on your desk. You're not going to be able to do anything in terms of work or hiring for like a month. It's going to take so long to look through those. Well, ZipRecruiter does it so fast. They scan thousands of resumes to find people with the right experience and invite them to apply to your job. As applications come in, ZipRecruiter analyzes each one and spotlights the top candidates so you never miss a great match. ZipRecruiter is so effective that 80% of employers who post on ZipRecruiter 80%, that's pretty solid, who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate through the site within the first day. Imagine that you're hiring just taking one day. You find great candidates instantly. I I mean, what could be better than that? And right now, my listeners could try ZipRecruiter for free at this exclusive web address, ZipRecruiter.com slash LockedOn. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N. One more time, ZipRecruiter.com slash LockedOn. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. All right, welcome back to segment two of today's LockedOn Spartans. If I think if I did that for all the rejoins and things like that, you guys might just stop listening, so I won't do that anymore. Um, let's uh, Let's talk about... These uh, receivers. I want to start with Daryl Stewart Jr. Um, so, senior season for Daryl uh, is on the radar of NFL teams. Um, Stephen Brooks and I, if you missed the episode we did, I think it was Friday, we went through 10 guys on the MSU roster with NFL futures um, or NFL potential, I guess, if you want to put it that way. Definitely go back and listen to that. Uh, I think it's a pretty good listen. But Daryl Stewart is a guy we talked about. Um, I think it's Jim Nagy, I forget his name, the guy who runs the Senior Bowl, just director of scouting for the Senior Bowl, uh, posted a picture the other day of just guys that they're starting to scout for uh, next year's Senior Bowl. It was a picture of names on a board, and I think it was 10 or 12 receivers, and Daryl Stewart was one of those guys. Uh, so he's certainly on the radar for the Senior Bowl, and they're going to be studying him. This year, paying attention to him, and I, I think that's warranted. I think he's a guy who could find himself uh, drafted at the end of the draft uh, with a chance to make an NFL team. Uh, but he finished the season last year with 48 catches, 413 yards, 8.6 a grab, one touchdown, and additional. Uh, oh, no, wait. No, that was his only touchdown. He didn't have an additional touchdown. Excuse me. I thought he had a rushing touchdown. He did not. Uh, but he does carry the ball, you know, occasionally. Uh, so. Not the most uh, productive season for Daryl Stewart. Um, you know, he did get banged up uh, a little bit, missed a couple games, um, and just, I think, really gutted out uh, a lot of tough minutes for Michigan State. Uh, you know, in a time when they really needed him to do it, we'll, see, we'll just put it that way. Um, played through some stuff and was in and out and just uh, not 100%, not the guy that we know he can be. And really, uh, it's tough to 
judge any receiver from Michigan State solely based on their stats last year because the passing attack was so limited, flipping quarterbacks back and forth, uh, you know, the downfield passing game just was non-existent. So uh, Daryl's a guy who I think has really developed over the last couple of years uh, from an underneath guy who could uh, make catches in traffic and kind of that's what he'll get you, just a solid uh, you know, like if you want to use a cliche, a security blanket type guy, uh, uh, almost a check down, but certainly a primary receiver on shorter routes and things like that. And I think just in the spring game, if you go back and watch that, you can see him uh, with a, t- a couple of nice uh, touchdown catches on really solid routes. That's what ha- got him open. Uh, good balls, certainly from the quarterbacks, but really solid downfield route running from him. And that's something like he's got great feet. Uh, and I think that's something we're going to see him downfield a little bit more this year. Uh, maybe not to the extent that we see Cody White, but we started to see it more uh, last year, uh, working downfield a little bit. But again, 8.6 per catch, uh, you know, that is in line with, uh, you know, like Connor Hayward and LJ Scott. Connor Hayward averaged 7.8 a catch. LJ Scott averaged 9.5 a catch. So Daryl Stewart right in the middle of those two guys. So still working primarily underneath. Uh, going to be a, I don't, I don't want to say possession, but going to be a first down maker. I think he's going to do a lot of that this year. Um, I think we'll see more th- three wide receiver sets from this new offense with Stewart uh, on the outside on one side, Cody White on the outside on the other side, and then Speedy Naylor uh, underneath, working underneath, and maybe some Larissa Nelson. Uh, we'll see. Uh, and even a guy like uh, Anthony Williams Jr. looks like he can move out and play receiver, play into the slot and stuff like that. Trey Mosley, another guy that might be able to, the true freshman. Um, but I think we'll see more three wide receiver sets. So I think we're going to see a little bit more Daryl Stewart on the outside. Uh, I think he's shown flashes in abil- like of the ability to get downfield. Uh, and make plays in the air, make contested catches in the air. And that's something that he needs to kind of add to his film, add to his game. Uh, if he's going to be someone who plays at the next level, and, and that's you know certainly anything he can add skill-wise and develop that is good for Michigan State. And I have uh, confidence that he'll be able to, just based on uh, you know how he came into Michigan State, what type of uh, recruit, how he was regarded, uh, and how he has sort of developed over the years. You know, last year's tough. Uh, his his um, he red shirts, then he doesn't really play much as a registered freshman. Red shirt sophomore, uh, 50 grabs for 50 yards and a couple touchdowns. And you're like, hey, this guy's pretty solid. Let's see what he can do in his junior season. And he kind of just repeats those numbers. Uh, just a little bit less production because the season was a disaster for everybody. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if he, um, you know, comes in at 70 catches you know, for 750 yards, 70 catches for 800 yards in three, four, five touchdowns, I think would be a nice season for him if he can add some downfield stuff. Uh, You know, you don't want to heap on huge expectations like, yeah, he's a talented dude, um, but it's not like he's going to, you know, you don't want to be like, he needs to be a thousand yard receiver or something like that for Michigan State to really be successful in the passing game. But he can kind of push that number, I think. Uh, and just be, like I said, that all-around, muck-it-up kind of do-all receiver who doesn't mind making tough, contested catches, going over the middle, uh, and, and really, most importantly, converting first downs. That's his thing. He's not um, a massive touchdown maker. I think Cody White's more of a touchdown maker type player. 
Uh, even Speedy Naylor's more of a touchdown maker type player. Daryl Stewart's a first down maker. Uh, and I think he will make a ton of first downs next season and really uh, have a huge impact and by the end of the season sort of have established himself as the go-to guy in this offense. All right, let's let's uh, let's shift over to Cody White and then we'll take a quick commercial break. So Cody White is, I think, I don't know. It's, no, Speedy's the most interesting guy in this group. I think Cody White might be the most polished pro-ready guy in this group, which is interesting to say. He plays as a true freshman, um, 11 games, almost 500 yard receiving, four touchdowns, and you're like, okay, we got a guy. Uh, he comes back his sophomore season, only plays in nine games because he breaks his hand, has 555 receiving yards and a couple touchdowns, uh, also had a 22-yard rushing touchdown and his only carry of the season. Um, is a solid athlete, we know that, um, and that's kind of where you know his, I guess, limitations are. He's not a burner. He's not going to run a 4-4. He's not this explosive uh, type of athlete where you see him on the field and you're like, whoa, that dude's a freaking dynamo. But he is smart. He is savvy. He is large. He is a tall guy. Uh, he is really good with body control, uh, hand catching, uh, contested catches, uh, high pointing the ball, things that receivers... Uh, ball-winning receivers need to be really great at. He's just a smart football player and obviously really talented. Um, and I think is just like the the sky's sort of the limit for his development and potential. He's going to be downfield a lot this year. Um, his broken hand and the timing of it maybe the most underrated injury for Michigan State last year. Uh, we talked about Brian Lewerke's a ton, and I think that would be the one that everyone points to immediately. Uh, but when Cody White broke his hand, uh, Michigan State lost a really dynamic element in the passing game. And, you know, having that back is going to be so important. And we saw, like, when he got back, like, even though things were really tough and the team was really struggling, uh, Cody White was still someone that made big plays uh, and was a dynamic presence on that side of the ball. And yeah, just his ability to uh, route run, I think, is something. If you watch a game and watch Cody White work, um, it's really something that is, is it's a sort of a sight to behold. It's really, for a kid who's, what, 20, I think? I don't know. I, I, 20 years old. I came in as a true freshman, played right away. He's going to be a true junior this year. Incredibly polished, uh, incredibly savvy, has another guy with really good feet, uh, knows how to, and something with receivers, like in high school, you just, you're a better athlete, you run past people, you catch the ball, you're bigger, faster, stronger. In college, you finally run into guys who are at that level, and you left, you have to learn how to win off the line of scrimmage, win with your hands, win with like those subtle little, I'm going to grab the defensive back's jersey just a teeny bit and pull him here real quick, give myself a little bit of space, uh, this quick little push-off type thing. Uh, and Cody White seems to know all those tricks. He's like the dude at the YMCA who knows all the angles on the backboard and is just banking in jumpers off the elbow uh, like, like he is a geometry professor or something like that. Like he just has the tricks, uh, and you you know you combine that with him being six three, two hundred pounds, uh, a good athlete, and a guy who can just go up and get balls and stuff like that, uh, and you got a really good downfield playmaking receiver, uh, and he's not limited to just that. Uh, you know he's got a couple of guys who are gonna work underneath him a lot. 
uh, and he's going to be downfield more, but he can run slants, he can run quick outs, he can run, uh, you know, drag type things where uh, he's picking up quick first downs, things like that. He's not a big lumbering O for anything like that. He can also work underneath a little bit and get those short completions for uh, first down conversions. So, Hoping a full season of health for him, for sure, along with everyone else. But I'm really interested to see how he develops. Um, and if he adds, you know, an athletic, more athletic element to his game uh, and really produces at the level, I think uh, he has a potential to. Uh, he could be someone who, I don't know, maybe he does after this year. He's technically eligible to move to the NFL after his junior season. Um, but if he has a breakout season and shows some more explosiveness athletically, he could be someone who's finding himself, you know, jumping up draft boards, uh, and someone who's really considering leaving early for the NFL. All right, let's take a break right there. When we get back segment three, uh, I tried to keep it tight on time. I did not do it. So whatever. Uh, remember to get this show every day, subscribe to Lockdown Spartans and the new Himalaya podcast app and in ever expanding podcast world, you need Himalaya with our personally curated playlists and new features every day. Download Himalaya at your app store and subscribe to Locked On Spartans. All right, welcome back to Locked On Spartans, segment three. Let's talk about Speedy Naylor. Um, Going to be a little bit quick here with these last few guys. Um, Speedy is the most interesting Kai uh, to me because he had eight catches last year for 138 yards and two touchdowns. Uh, had nine carries last year for 128 yards and a touchdown. That is 14 yards per rush and 17 yards per catch and only touched the ball 17 times for uh, 266 yards and 15.6 yards per touch. Um, that is uh, that, that screams get him the ball more <laughs> is what that does. Um, he's someone who, yeah, he is smaller. And I understand why they try to sort of limit his touches, limit the hits put on him. You want to keep him as healthy and as fast as possible because that's his game. But I think we'll see more from him. He looks to be a little bit bigger, added some, uh, not a ton of bulk, but is a, you know, added some strength in the offseason, uh, was working more in traffic during the spring game, made some con- uh, catches in traffic, which is good to see him add that element to his game. Uh, is going to be seeing a lot more snaps now with Felton Davis leaving. That bumps him up into uh, a starting role on this offense. And again, I think they're going to be just the indications we've gotten of the changes in the offense. They're going to be in three wide receiver sets more. Uh, and it's going to be a lot of uh, Stewart, White, uh, and Speedy. And so I think him working underneath that group, uh, him moving in and out of the backfield as well. Uh, I think he's someone who can work downfield because of his speed. Uh, getting matched up on a safety or a linebacker uh, could be a really advantageous spot for Michigan State. Uh, if you want to like see just like my dream for how they use him, go just watch any Purdue game and see how they use Rondell Moore. Maybe Rondell Moore is a little bit more of an explosive guy, but if there is a difference, it's not much. Um, he just is a featured player in that offense. And I think Naylor is someone who they realized last year, there's something special there. And this new offense, I think, uh, it's going to help everyone, uh, the changes that they make, but I think it's going to help him, uh, speedy more than anybody else. And I'm expecting, uh, really big things. And I think he's the most interesting guy on this team to watch going into the season. Other guys that are going to 
make an impact this year uh, on the lower end. Um, you know, we've heard things about Andre Welch and CJ Hayes, and we'll sort of see, um, you know, how that plays out, how much time those guys get. They're both young guys, uh, very limited impact, but did play a little bit, have heard positive things out of the spring game. Brandon Sowards is a guy who played a ton last year um, and really was, I think, seventh or eighth in the depth chart and had a tough time because he was moved into a spot he shouldn't have been moved into. Uh, that will benefit him and, and benefit the depth. But right now in this depth chart, I think Brandon Sowards is probably fifth or sixth, somewhere in there. Uh, we'll certainly see time uh, on the field. And I think the experience, the tough times, the ups and downs of last year will help him uh, going into his last season, but is not someone that is, you know, shouldn't be relied upon to produce a ton in this offense. He's a, just another solid depth guy. Uh, we'll see with Cam Chambers. Uh, he had some moments last year, made some big plays, uh, had a nice catch. I think it was against Penn State uh, down the field catch. If I'm remembering correctly, I could be misremembering, um, but had some uh, flashes of the you know the talent that he came into school with. I think he'll play a little bit more of a role this year. Um, maybe not you know, in the starting group or anything like that, but there will be packages where he's on the field, uh, can get downfield. He's a little bit like Cody White light, I guess, if you want to consider that can get down the field and make, uh, contested catches as a big body, not the, the greatest athlete, but as, you know, big, strong, tall, physical guy who can leap and make plays at the point of the tech. Luis Nelson's interesting, uh, just because of the things we've heard coming out of spring with him. I forget the nicknames. I think one was like Magic Man or the Magician or something like that, because now you see him, now you don't. Uh, and he's really starting to show off some of that explosive shiftiness and things like that. And, uh, you know, he could be so in, you know, they want to limit uh, the touches on Naylor, I'm sure, the hits that he takes. And you could sort of do that by spelling him with a guy like Luis Nelson. I'm sure he's going to play. Uh, an interesting role with this team. I would think he might get the most snaps uh, outside of uh, the, the starting group. I, if I had to put money on it, I would say he would be uh, sort of first guy off the bench, if you will. Uh, and we'll see about any of the freshmen. Um, but the guys on the roster right now, him and Cam Chambers, would be the ones sort of in line for the most snaps uh, of the, the non-starters. So He's someone certainly to keep an eye out. Just like I said, we've heard of really positive things with him and could be uh, an interesting dynamic to the team. Maybe he comes through with 20 catches for a couple hundred yards and a touchdown or something like that and makes some plays. Maybe a uh, return game or something like that as a spot where he can contribute as well. Uh, as far as the freshmen, it's tough to really know much about these guys, especially the ones not on campus. Trey Mosley is an early enrollee uh, who we've heard positive things about. Maybe he can see the field as a true freshman, and, and the nice thing is there's the four-game redshirt rule now, uh, so maybe we see him for four games and then that's it because there's a lot of depth at the position, and uh, if he's at a point where they're burning his redshirt this year, either A, something's gone terribly wrong with injuries, or B, he is a really special player uh, who needs to be on the field, and that's uh, it's either the worst-case scenario or like the best-case scenario if Trey Mosley's burning that red shirt. So uh, that is going to do it for the positional breakdown of the wide receivers. Thanks so much for listening to today's episode of Locked on Spartans. Uh, no show tomorrow. We'll be back Thursday with uh, you know whatever sort of news is going on uh, with 
Michigan State or former Michigan State players or anything like that. We'll try to get some uh, things going on uh, and potentially uh, move into another positional breakdown. Uh, if we do that, it'll probably be the tight ends uh, next would be where we go. So reminder to rate, review, subscribe to the podcast. Follow me on Twitter at Will underscore underscore Hunter 1L2 underscores. Uh, follow the show at on Spartans. Send in questions for the mailbag episode coming up either at the end of this week or early next week, LockedOnSpartans at gmail.com is another way you can do that. Uh, Yeah, thanks for listening to today's episode of Locked on Spartans. We'll be back with another episode on Thursday. Until then, go green.